A world existing in one man's mind, but the people aren't necessarily one of a kind. With lands and beings of different shapes and sizes, you can go anywhere, and it'll be full of surprises. Welcome to Tales from Somnia, written by Kane Casillas. Credits to Pixabay for all of the music in this episode, and Freesound for all of the sound effects in this episode. Headphones are advised. And now, sit back and relax as you listen to one of the many tales from Somnium. Previously on Tales from Somnium. Emperor Cathrix, I am Cyril, Queen of Nature. Imposter! There are no rulers in the galaxy besides me. Correct, Emperor. That is because I am not from this galaxy. I have been guided from my homeworld to this one by a fallen deity. I was born to conquer my homeworld and sent to find the mightiest of conquerors to aid me in my quest. And now, I have found you. I will demonstrate my power on that station. Perhaps after that, you will consider helping me in my quest. Episode 7. The Burning Tree. It was a cold, dark latoon day in the little village of Zamoria. Boldashian the Dwarf, chief of Zamoria and fearless warrior, was taking his nightly patrol around the village's forestry border when his wife Lucania joined him. Boldashian. What are you doing here? I told you I'm not letting you patrol alone. And I told you to stay at home with our child. Your mother is watching our son. Fear not. You can't tell me that and then say fear not. Go home, darling. Uh, Sure, she calls him fat, but he's a baby. What can we do about that? Shh! What was that? Shh! Ciro has been sending her Mothman for the entire Monic cycle. And you're out here alone? The others don't need to lose their lives over this. Not after... Badalar. No. Not after my brother. Besides, I have the only weapon that can kill them. Boldashian unsheathed his magic knife Echemon, twirled it in his stubby fingers, and tossed it into the air. Once it was airborne, the knife floated and spun in different directions. Boldashian guided the knife with his hands, occasionally looking at Lucania to see if she was impressed. After some light laughter, the couple kissed and heard another twig break. There is again. Go home, Lucania. I'm not leaving you out here alone any longer. I chose to spend my life with you. I will help you and remain by your side no matter how short that life is. Lucania pulled a small club out of her cleavage and stood in a fighting position. They waited for the familiar of the Mothman, or the of the Ent Archers. The dwarves stood back to back as they waited for any sign of Queen Rule's nature army. Instead, what they heard was a as a streak of light disintegrated Echemon the knife. What? Charge! A wave of large, four-armed, scaly lizards emerged from behind the trees and began firing blasters at the dwarven couple. The army was led by a creature by the name of Impetus. Quickly, Boldashian led Lucania behind a rock to cover themselves and strategize. What are those weapons? I don't know. Some kind of sorcery? Well, how do we beat them? I don't know. I don't have Echimon anymore. We can't win this, can we? No. Then what do we do? Run. 
Boldashian sprinted as fast as his little legs could carry him. As he ran back to Zamoria, he realized he was pulling away from Lucania, who was much slower. He began to scream for her to hurry up as plasma bolts flew past her head. Frantically, Boldashian ran back to his wife so he could pull her along. Impetus saw this and aimed his blaster. He fired, and as Boldashian reached for Lucania's hand, a plasma bolt struck her. Boldashian watched as his wife crumbled into a pile of ash. No! Fire! Impetus and his army fired at Boldashian, who simply closed his eyes and waited to share the same fate as his wife. When he opened his eyes, however, he saw that all the bolts were frozen in the air, as was the entire army of scaled creatures. Impetus in particular was petrified. He tried to move his eyeballs to make eye contact, only to find that they would have popped out like an innocent detective being accused of murder. A larger, four-armed, scaly creature marched through the masses of his kin. He wore heavy battle armor and released soldiers from his seemingly magical grasp. The bolts remained frozen in the air as the creature released impetus and approached Boldashian. Hail, Emperor Cathrax! Silence, fool! Do you understand what you have done? What you and Queen Cyril ordered us to do, my lord. Imbecile! You have slain the delicate wife of the noble warrior, Boldashian the Dwarf. You... You know who I am? The same way you will come to know me, only by reputation. Why have you come here? I have liberated over half of Yaldaro in the name of Cyril, Queen of Nature. Samoria is the final village that must fall. I have been ordered specifically to bring you to the Queen herself. Grab him, my liege. Quiet, Impetus. That is not how the Flagipping Corps are brought up. Flagipper. Apologies, Boldashir. My lead general seems to have forgotten the manners of war. You will have two days to mourn for the loss of your wife. Then, we will come back for you and your village. I wish you luck. Flagipping Gorps, return to base! Cathrax dissolved the blaster bolts into thin air before heading back to his army, who quickly fell into formation. Cathrax marched into the forest, followed by Impetus and the rest of the Flagipping Gorp army. Boldashian paid no attention to the impressive uniformity of his new enemies. All he could do was sift his hands through the pile of ash that was his wife. He wept as he gathered as much as he could before the rest dissolved into the dirt. The next day, a large hawk flew over the red forest and landed on a branch. It was tall, beautifully groomed, and then it was shot by an arrow. Boom! The young elf Oaken Torbal shot the hawk into a pile of feathers. As he approached his kill, he heard a frog croak in the distance. He turned to find the frog sitting on a log, so he readied his bow and fired. The arrow went over the frog's head by about two feet, causing Oaken to groan. Maybe you'll do better next time? Yeah! 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 Oaken fired a slew of arrows at his talking animal friend, Ferreret the Ferret. All six of his arrows missed. Whoa there, bud. Save some for the Mothman, why don't ya? Oh, sorry, Ferreret. Today doesn't seem to be my day with these shots. Uh, look, you hit that hawk. It's a lot smaller than a Mothman or Ent. Easy targets compared to those tiny, delicious birds. Can I eat the hawk? Be sure. While Ferreret ate the hawk, 
Oaken unsheathed his sword and slowly swung it around, making sure his technique was perfect. When Ferreret saw this, he stood on his hind legs and began shouting orders. Relax your shoulders. Firmer grip, it's a sword, not a club. That swing is- Terrible. Oaken and Ferreret turned to where the voice had come from to find Baldashi and the dwarf mourning in the middle of a field. Curious, the two friends approached him. What seems to be the problem, good sir? Leave me be. You're screaming negative words in the middle of nowhere. Let us help you up. No. Do not step there. Oaken looked at where Ferreret had almost stepped and found gray where the brown dirt should be. Given the distraught nature of Baldashian, Oaken could tell it was Ash. Who was it? My wife. I'm so sorry, sir. Did Cyril do this? Her mothmen, the Ents? They work for Cyril, but I had never heard of them till now. They're terrible creatures, disgusting, huge forearms. They follow an emperor. Cathrax, and a soldier named Ipetus, who killed my wife. They said they're coming from my village next. Where is your village, my friend? Is it Moria? Out of my old west? I know of it. Allow us to accompany you. We will help you. We will? We will. Cyril and I have a history. I would love to finally come face to face with her and end this once and for all. What do you have against the queen of nature, child? She claims that her kingdom's expansion was for good. But all that is left of my home is Ferreret, myself, and my weapons. Cyril herself stared me in the eyes as she slit the throat of my mother. I will not let your village suffer the same fate as mine. I appreciate the sentiment. I cannot ask the help of children to aid me in battle, no matter how dire my situation may be. Cyril specifically wants me. I will turn myself into her new sorcerer friend, Cathrax, and negotiate a way for Zamoria to survive. Did you say sorcerer? What would Cyril want with you? I decapitated her dragon. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what? Does that mean you're- Voldashian. The dragon-slaying dwarf, yes. By the creators. Please let us help you. Young Elf and Ferret, I appreciate your willingness and enthusiasm, but peace is the only option here. My village cannot defend itself. With my wife gone, I do not want to risk a battle that will make my child an orphan. Of course not. Instead, you'd rather go directly to Cyril and never be seen again and be killed after likely being taken to a place where you're completely surrounded by your forces. Either way, your child never knows their parents. What gives you the better chance? Our village cannot defeat Cathrax's sorcery in this new state. They launch bolts of fire with the push of their button from their metal weapons. One shot alone turned my wife to ash, more powerful than any flaming arrow could ever do. Then we revamp your village. We think smarter. It's your home. You have the advantage. Gather forces together while I inspect the village and strategize on how to force our enemies to retreat. Eventually, Cyril will have to arrive, and one of us can kill her. Sound like a plan? Baldashian slowly nodded. Excellent. Take your time to mourn, then let's head to Zamoria.
as Baldashian, Oaken, and Ferreret headed back to Zamoria. Cathrex returned to Queen Rule's palace in the heart of the forest to deliver the news of Baldashian's wife, Lucania. Where is Baldashian? You will be pleased to know that Baldashian's wife, Lucania, has been disintegrated. My chief lieutenant, Impetus, destroyed her with his blaster. An insignificant casualty. Where is Baldashian? He remains in Zamoria. Why? He must take the traditional day to mourn for the loss of his wife. So what I'm hearing is that you let the monster who killed my dragon go back home after killing someone who didn't matter? It is Fulgipic Gorb custom to let the enemy mourn over the loss of their loved ones. We are not in your world anymore, Emperor. We are in my world, my domain. We play by my rules. Just because I am away from my home does not mean I will forget who I am. We fight to win, but I will also do so with honor. Was it honorable when I defeated Dax Ramirez and destroyed the entire runway for you? Was it honorable to win with an attack you had not planned? Without me, you would still be in space chasing after that sad crew of pathetic humans who I managed to defeat within two hours. All you did was speed up my inevitable victory. My empire is too strong to be overpowered by any army, our technology far more advanced. Or did you forget that, as I've spent the last month expanding your borders, wiping out town after town when you could not? It appears we are mutually beneficial to each other, but I cannot pardon the fact that you let Bodashian live. Someone must be punished. Who killed Bodashian's wife? My right hand, Impetus. Have him lynched in the morning. Yaga the Mothman General will see to it. Cathrex hid his frustration, knowing full well he could not turn in his closest friend and greatest warrior. Throughout the war between humans and flippers, Impetus had proven to be most useful. Nevertheless, he played along. Very well. I will begin my attack on Zamoria tomorrow, after the lynching. And Cathrax? What do you desire, Queen Rule? Do not mistake this alliance for something permanent. Should you cross me, there will be consequences. The trees around Cyril's throne arose, taking the form of massive ents. Flames began to dance around the throne as the wind picked up. Cathrax knew this was Cyril's threatening display of her elemental powers. He just wasn't phased. He was confident he could take her in a fight, especially since she didn't know about his telekinesis. But once again, Cathrax bit his tongue, careful not to show his cards until after he saved Impetus. Very well. Impetus will be brought to you and we will storm Zamoria. Promptly. Little did Cathrax know, however, that Impetus had heard the whole conversation. Unbelievable. After everything I've done for him, Cathrax will betray me. What makes you say that? Impetus looked up to find a 12-foot tree walking towards him. It was Aminosin the Ent, Sea Rule's advisor and military general. He was slow, big, and old with the indentations on his tree revealing his age. Do not play the fool with me, tree. Your queen corrupted my emperor. They have arranged for my lynching. Surely you knew, being the queen's advisor. I, I admit, I was in the room. I have come to take you to a cell for the night. Your lynching will be tomorrow morning. Impetus drew a blaster and aimed it at a minison, who sprouted new leaves out of nervousness. This could light every last branch of yours on fire. Do not test me. Eminelson knew that in the time it would take for him to sprout his branches to attack or run away, Impetus could vaporize him. 
there was nothing he could do. Very well. You may flee, but I must tell Yarga. That insolent bug? You think he can defeat me? Let me make something clear, you wooden piece of trash. Your queen and her armies couldn't take over Yaldoro on their own. Sir Cyril asked Cathrax and his forces for help. We are superior in every way. No Mothman can catch me, not even Yarga. Your confidence is admirable. But for a fugitive such as yourself, that can often spell disaster. A menacing. My queen calls. Your head start is fading. Impetus scowled and fled from the castle as Cyrule entered. Where is the flipper? Escaped, my queen. Shall I summon Yarga? Already here. Yarga was a deceptively old-looking mothman, but he was among the best hunters in Yaldoro. Yet his strengths did not lie in his physicality. He was short with a hunch, causing his thin wings to appear bigger than they really were. But his sense of smell was impeccable, his hunting tactics most cunning, and he was a fast flyer. There had never been a prey Yarga had not been able to kill. He was here. Have you seen him? He ran south, attacked me with his weapon of light. It is all right, Aminison. You did all you could. Now it is Yarga's turn. Hmm. This will be fun. Wait! Emperor Cathrax, what brings you here? I will accompany the Mothman. I know Impetus better than anyone else here. We will find him together and bring justice to this kingdom. I work alone, outsider. Very well, Cathrax. You may go. Perhaps your knowledge of our culprit may be useful to us. But my queen, I cannot have- enough, Yarga. These are my orders. Go. Yarga groaned as he and Cathrax exited the same direction Impetus had fled. Both were set on finding Impetus, but for different reasons. Cyril seemed wary of this. Did I make the right decision, my advisor? It depends, my queen. On what? Why did you let the leader of your newest army go on a simple hunt? I knew it was suspicious. That's why I approved of it. Come with me. We shall follow Yarga and Cathrax. A wise decision, my queen. Shall I gather our forces for a surprise assault? It may be necessary, yes. Looks like Galdile all over again. We aren't facing aliens during Galdile. No, even worse. Humans. <laughs> Perhaps you're right. I am. That's why I'm your advisor. Soon everyone intruding on the kingdom of nature shall fall. There will be no one in your way. You will finally take your rightful place as Queen of Yaldaro. Let us hope so. Ready the army. If Cathrax tries anything funny, it'll be the last thing he tries. As Impetus fled from the castle and night turned into day, Boldashian the dwarf took Oaken Torbal the elf and Ferreret the ferret to his hut in the heart of Zamoria. Look alive, elf. We have one day till Cyril's forces arrive to Zamoria. We have to be ready. What's your strategy? Well, uh... I'm not quite sure yet. I'd, I'd have to see the outskirts of the village so I can figure out a good way to defend. You entered through the only entrance, elf. The gang looked down to find a short old woman holding a baby. Mamalagamus, I introduced thee, Oaken Torbal, and his uh, companion, Ferret the uh, Ferret. Ferret the Ferret. 
Lovely to meet you, madame. Canet furry. Baldashian, take your baby for crying out loud. Where's my daughter-in-law? Oaken and Ferreret exchanged nervous glances as Baldashian took his son and buried his face into the baby's blanket. Lagamas tapped her foot impatiently, only for her heart to drop when she found Baldashian's face streaming with tears. Oh, no. She wouldn't return home. Then you didn't do enough. I did everything I could. And my grandson still has no mother. My daughter-in-law is still a corpse. I told her to never marry you, the dragon slayer. But she didn't listen. And she didn't regret it. You want to ask her if she does now? Oaken could see Baldashian breaking with every word Lagomas spat. Ferreret tapped his leg, urging him to speak up. Ma'am, with all due respect, we are doing everything we can to avenge her. If you had done better... She wouldn't need to be avenged. And what is this we, Malarkey? Do we have an army? Well, no, but my associate and I are here. Are you a wizard? Mm, no. Huh. Are you a ranger? Ooh, uh, nope. And does your little raccoon here turn into a monster? Ferret. And I assure you, madame, that my friend here can do anything you desire when it comes to battle. <laughs> oh, really? And what can he do? Yeah, what can he do? Why, Oaken is amazing with just about any weapon imaginable. Show them your sword, Oaken. Oaken revealed his shiny silver sword and began to swing it. With one quick swing, he threw himself off balance. Had everyone else in the room not been a dwarf or ferret, someone would have been sliced in half. Oaken fell over as his sword wedged itself into Lagomas' dinner table. <laughs> Alright, so Oaken's a bit rusty with his sword, but he's amazing with a bow! Oaken! Oaken placed a loaf of bread on one end of the room and fired three arrows. All three went above the bread and into the wall. Okay, so he needs a bit of work on the bow, but you should see him with a spear. I've seen enough. You and the elf with me now. Baldashian grabbed Oaken by his pointy ears and dragged him outside of his hut. Ferreret followed. When they were finally in a place by themselves, Baldashian threw Oaken to the ground. That was not comfortable having to hunch over so you could grab my ears. Do you think this is funny? Is this all a joke to you? I'm just trying to lighten the mood. No, they're making an idiot out of yourself. You can't use a single weapon. You're useless in battle. Just give him a chance, Baldashian. Even if I did, he's one fighter. What significance is that? You're one fighter and you killed Cyril's dragon. Because I knew how to wield a sword. Ogan slumped back against the wall, disappointed in himself. Ferreira tried to comfort him but felt Baldashian's cold stare, causing her hair to stand up. Why are you here, elf? I told you already, Cyril destroyed my home. So... This is all for revenge. I can still help you defend Zamoria. <sighs> By what? Being another body to shield the actual skilled warriors? By being the next pile of dust Cathrax makes? By killing Cathrax myself. Please, you couldn't even kill your ferret friend if you tried. He would never try. We're boys. Enough! 
You come here unprepared and unskilled, willingly putting the lives of everyone in this town on the line so you can get a taste of battle? Is that it? You selfish prig. I was counting on you. Then I guess we're all dead. If you want me gone, just say the word. Go somewhere you'll be useful. With his head down, Oaken Torbal began to leave Zamoria as Boldashian prepared the other villagers for battle. Oaken? What, Ferret? This feels wrong. Leaving. They're in trouble, Oaken, and we're just leaving them with a man down. Heroes aren't always seen as heroes at first, you know. Them stepping up when they're needed but not wanted is what makes them heroes. If I show up when the Samorians need me the most, I'll be a hero! So, when the battle starts, you can do that. No, 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 When the time is right! I think you're missing my point here. Thanks for the advice! I'm gonna be a hero! Uh, you're welcome. That night, as Boltashian prepared Zimoria for battle and Oaken planned his grand arrival to the battlefield, Impetus ran through the forest, desperate for his own survival. He had spent the last day on the run and never once stopped moving, for he was constantly afraid that any rest would be his last. That's why it was absolutely terrifying when both Yarga and Cathrax caught up to him. It was simple for Yarga to track him. Impetus smelled like no other species in Yaldoro besides the other flippers, and once he found one of Impetus's footprints, he could distinguish his scent from Cathrax's. They moved swiftly and with haste, until eventually they caught Impetus in a maze of trees. Freeze, traitor! Enough! I'm no traitor. I do not follow your queen. I follow my emperor, Cathrax, whom I have remained loyal to. Yet you are wrong, old friend. Impetus's eyes widened in fear as Cathrax revealed himself. You! I've been nothing but loyal to you! Of course you were. You had to be. We both know that if you ever tried to undermine me, you would die. Then why are you here to kill me when I have done no wrong? You were there when I murdered Baldashian's wife. You could have ordered me to finish what Siru had told us to do. What? You were there? That's not important right now. Oh, yes, it is, Emperor. You see, I thought all this time I was tracking down one traitor. But now, <laughs> I get to kill too. Yarga let out a weak groan as Cathrax shot him in the chest. He collapsed to the ground, crumbling into a pile of ash on impact. Impetus was stunned. You, you weren't going to kill me? I had other plans. <laughs> Impetus looked at his chest to find an arrow lodged in it. It had flown so fast the tip stuck out of his back. And now they come to fruition. Thank you for serving your purpose, Impetus. They won't know what hit them. Emperor Cathrax! Cathrax put his four arms behind his back as Queen Cyrule emerged from the shadows. Her eyes glowed. The wind began to pick up and the floor began to catch fire. Hundreds of mothmen surrounded Cathrax, arrows aimed at his head. Iminosin the end arrived at Cyrule's side with a large battle axe. Ah, Queen Cyrule. Welcome. You were supposed to kill your traitor scum, not my lieutenant. I see I was once again correct in being skeptical. That you were, old friend. Now, Emperor Cathrax, why did you kill Yarga? 
to gain the upper hand. Fool! I am the smartest being in all of Yaldoro. But you do not need to be me to realize you are both outnumbered and outmatched. Then I guess you're not that smart. Enough arrogance. Enough of Yaldoro is under my control for me to expand the kingdom without force. We don't need him anymore. Fire! The Mothman fired hundreds of arrows at Cathrex, who stuck his hands out and froze them all in place. More and more arrows were fired, and more and more of them were stopped before they could hit Cathrex. Cyril and Eminosin shared a nervous glance as Cathrex remained unharmed and more confident than ever. There was so much wrong with everything you were saying before. For one, I never exude confidence unless I know I can win. The only reason I seem arrogant is because I know I will always win. And you, Eminosin, are the dumbest tree I've ever met. You fail to consider one thing. Nonsense! Even with your secret powers, Cyril could defeat you. Not that, my dear idiot. My army followed yours. A dozen trees burst into flames as the Phlegippin Gorkani attacked Cyril's army. Mothman disintegrated in an instant, with hardly any flipper casualties. As the flippers pushed the Mothman back, Cathrix turned the arrows around and fired them, killing the remainder of Cyril's army. All that stood was Cyril and Eminosin. You see, Cyril, I always have the upper hand. Even when you were my ally, you were my enemy. And now I will achieve your dream and conquer Yaldoro, making both of our worlds under my control. Bastard! You don't have the right! I'm simply doing what you told me to do. Conquer. Besides, you'll still be around to help. I need your power. Your friend, on the other hand, I never liked him. A squadron of flippers approached Eminosin with flamethrowers and let loose, spraying fire all over the Ent's wooden body. Wildly, he swung his axe, desperate to keep the fire away. But once it caught on his branch, there was no stopping the fire from spreading. Eminosin fell to one knee, then on all fours. No! Queen Cyril, help me! Cyril began to put the fire out with her powers, but when Cathrex saw this, he stopped her by telekinetically pinning her arms to her sides. The flippers continued their fiery barrage. Fight for us, my queen. All of us. That was the last of Eminosin's suffering Cyril could hear. All she could do as the flippers bound her in chains was watch as Eminosin, her oldest friend and trusted advisor, went from a tall, hunking tree to a bonfire within minutes. That same night, Cathrax led a captured sea rule and his flipper army to Zamoria, where Boldashian was waiting with an army of dwarves. Upon seeing thousands of aliens with blasters, the dwarves began to get nervous. Boldashian, however, was not afraid. Friends, brothers, dwarves, for the final time, thank you for joining me today. Our enemy advances as I speak. They killed my wife, the mother of my child, the love of my life, and now Cyril and her new pet Cathrax march towards our walls. Will they take your wives too? No! Meanwhile, not far was Oaken and Ferreret, who were hiding in the bushes. Oaken's bow was ready to fire at any enemy in sight. 
he wouldn't let Boldashian down. I am so ready to be a hero. Then shouldn't you just be out on the battlefield with them? Heroes aren't soldiers, Ferreret. I strongly disagree with that. If anything, you should have just made an effort with Boldashian. Shh. Boldashian's speaking again. We are the last of Yaldoro. Cyril has been set on domination for years, and now we are all that's left. They have magic we are not even capable of. I will admit, we are outnumbered and outmatched, but this is our home, not these intruders. They have nothing to lose, while we have everything to lose. So I ask you, my dwarven kin, to take up arms one last time. No matter what, the war will end today. But if you follow me, I will make sure we have Cyril's, Cathrax's, and everyone else's heads on pikes. Are you with me? Yeah! Charge! The dwarves ran as fast as their little legs could carry them and advanced towards the battlefield. Cathrax smirked upon seeing this. He turned to Cyril, who was still bound and gagged. These are the last people to defeat. This is the one who killed your dragon. And you couldn't defeat them. Loyal for Gippingorps! Fire! For Lucania! Boldashian and the other dwarves were disintegrated by the flipper blasters within 30 seconds. Just like that, Zamoria was defenseless. In a split second, their best fighter, Boldashian the dragon slaying dwarf, joined his wife in the dirt. He never got his revenge. He never knew that Impetus, the man who killed his wife, had already been killed. He didn't know that he would have never been able to get true revenge. He left his mother without children, and he made his son an orphan. Now his pile of ash will be gone with the wind. Boldashian did, however, do one thing right. He sent an elf and a ferret on their way, only for them to change the tide of the battle. Or do the best they could, at least. No plan, Ferret. We can't beat these guys. Clearly. We need to beat the army to Zamoria and evacuate the villagers. Let's move. As Cathrax's army marched towards Zamoria, Oaken and Ferreret sped through the bushes, doing their best to be fast and never be seen. Fortunately, they beat the flippers to Zamoria. Once there, Oaken saw Boldashian's mother Lagomas carrying Boldashian's son. Lagomas! You? What are you doing here? The battle is lost, Lagomas. Cathrax's army is coming. You have to evacuate the village now. You mean... My son is... Gone. Is... Yes. All of them are. This is all of Yaldoro that's left. We have to get out now or we're all goners. Oaken, look out! Ferreret jumped in front of Oaken as a blaster fired straight at him. Instead, Ferreret took the bullet and crumbled into a pile of ash before Oaken could turn around. Ferreret? No, 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 Ferreret. Buddy, please, please, Ferreret. He's gone, Elf. Just like we'll all be. Oaken looked around to find dozens of huts burning as countless dwarves turned to ash. The flippers ran rampant throughout the village while Cathrax stood in the middle of it all, reveling in his triumph. No. They'll be gone. Oaken readied his bow and began charging at Cathrax. As soon as he saw Cathrax catch his arrow in midair with his bare hand, Oaken decided to run. Unfortunately, Cathrax did not allow it. 
Using his telekinesis, he pulled Oaken into his orbit and grabbed the elf by the throat. Then, with his third and fourth hands, he began punching Oaken's ribs, breaking them one by one. A shame. I finally find a warrior my size, and he's a mess. Cathrax let go of Oaken and watched him struggle to stand. Each time he was close, Cathrax would kick Oaken back to the ground. It was the only source of fun he could have in a battle that he was absolutely demolishing. Finally, he saw Lagermas holding Boldashian's baby, which stirred up a new feeling for Cathrax. He was hungry. He extended all four arms and pulled Lagermas forward with his powers. Using all four arms, he ripped both arms and legs off of Lagomas and dropped her, letting the body bleed out. After that, he picked up Boldashian's baby and opened his mouth. Oaken wanted to look away as Cathrax took bite after bite into the baby, but his body was too sore to move. Cathrax swallowed the last baby toe before flashing Oaken a blood-soaked smile. That was fun. Your turn. As Cathrax reached for Oaken, vines emerged from the ground. A massive boulder hit Cathrax in the back as other flippers sank into the ground. Cyril broke free from her bonds and was ready to fight. This is my world, not yours! A tidal wave emerged from the forest and traveled through it, washing out any flippers in his path. Cathrax then held his hands out, using his powers to prevent the wave from crashing into him. In the midst of the chaos, Oaken managed to get up and run. Creeping past Lagomas's bleeding corpse, the ashes of Ferreret, and the rest of the fallen Zamorians. I did you a favor. I helped you defeat your enemies. I let you keep your world after I did all of the work. And I appreciate you giving me two worlds. Cyril pushed the wave with more force, causing Cathrax to stray. <laughs> Eventually, the wave proved to be too much for Cathrax. He conceded and let the water pass over him. Once Cyril saw him on the floor, she stopped the storm and approached him. I told you, this is my world. <coughs> Not much of a world anymore. Cyril turned around to find that her tidal wave had destroyed her forest. Her entire kingdom, along with the rest of Yaldoro, was gone. She turned to Cathrax. You did this. You... What? When Cyril attempted to look back at Cathrax, she saw he was gone without a trace. Cathrax! Show yourself, coward. Let me crush you like the scummy little pest you are. That's not very nice, is it? Cyril looked in the sky to find a gray blob floating towards her. What the heck are you supposed to be? I'm Persevial, Queen Cyril. I was sent by the same person who united you with Cathrax in the first place. The Faceless One? You have been given a new quest with a new destination. You're moving awfully fast with direction. Why didn't the Faceless One come to me this time? Find the Shadow Blade in Lithodide. You will help you restore the souls of those you have lost. Shadow Blade? You can bring me to Lithodide? I can bring back a medicine, Yarga? That's not very nice, is it? Are you just on loop now? I'm Persevial, Queen Cyril. I was sent by the same person who united you with Cathrax in the first place. A black hole opened up behind Cyril, sucking her into the vortex and away from the Altero. 
leaving Perseville alone with thousands of bodies and piles of ash. What the heck? This concludes today's episode of Tales from Somnium, starring Spirit Nova as Cyril, Robbie Johnson as Cathrax, Keon as Oaken Torbal, and Manticore as Voldashian the Dwarf, with Kiela Casillas playing Ferreret the Ferret, Chris Langing voicing Impetus, Robert Merez as Aminosin, and Dante Casillas as Yarga the Mothman. Also featuring Drew as Perseville, Katie Webster as Largamas the Dwarf, Abby Sitton as Lucania the Dwarf, and Kane Casillas, yours truly, once again playing the role of the narrator. What is the Shadowblade? Where do Cathrax, Rule, and Oaken end up next? If you've got questions, I've got your answers, so be sure to stick around as we're getting even closer to the Season 1 finale. We'll see you next time with more Tales from Somnium. <laughs>